0: Welcome to the roundtable. I am Jennifer Eller, and with me today is my co-host Michael Hill. <laughs> do you know what I? Do
1: you know what I just noticed with the new microphone? I kind of forgot about. Every time I talk in it, my beard hair gets stuck.
0: Ah. So you never got stuck You're in those, to...
1: and I'd be like, I oh, keep pulling it out all the time.
0: J- you just won't have to say anything. Huh? You don't have to keep your mouth shut today. Oh yeah,
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you already shanghaied
1: it So anyway so I didn't it. All did. I said is my beard hair you Keeps did. getting caught <laughs> In the microphone
2: Just saying
0: And, our <laughs> <laughs> Same. and producer, Nick Wilson. And then our guest today is Judy Simpson, who has just an amazing story. Can't wait to share it today. And with her is Judy Cooper. No, Judy.
1: <laughs> <Maria>? <laughs> See,
0: it's
1: okay. Take two. Yeah, yeah. Listen. <laughs> I- we can just call you Judy the whole time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Let
2: matter. me look at my
0: notes. we we concern. go live. Everybody oh, just yeah. No, talk talk we're good. To. So Maria Cooper, who was Judy's therapist. What did I say wrong now? Nothing. Nothing. I'm just okay. Judy Cooper.
1: Yeah, I'm just gonna stick with Judy the whole time. She'll be That's fun. all you have to say. Be fun anyway.
0: Oh my gosh. And then Nelson Little. Oh,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody <laughs> knows Nelson. Yes. yes
0: yeah. So, okay, Nelson, kick us off here.
1: Okay,
3: um, so, I've been waiting for this moment for two years, so, oh, over two years. So, I met Judy as a friend, and she had been with my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law is Maria Cooper. Judy Simpson would come over with her, they they were friends, and they would come over to the house all the time. We'd go to birthday parties, we'd have birthday parties, they'd come over. Judy was always around. It was just a friend that mom was bringing in and introducing the family. So she had for a been, long time. been in our lives for months. Hmm. So we had dinner one night and we're sitting down. And to get to know someone, you ask, hey, so what's your story? <laughs> and when I asked that, the story that I heard was by far unexpected. The most unexpected story ever. I, yeah. I could. It was not what I was expecting. Normally, you get the, yeah, you know, I work at McMahon Tire and I do, you know, and I, I, yeah. you get the normal. This is right. where I work and this is, you know, yeah. kind of the backstory of my life. But her words to me were, she looks at Marie and she goes, "I don't tell that story." Hmm. And I yeah. said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. "I said why? Yeah, what mean. do you mean? Like so now I'm intrigued." So I don't tell that story because it's. It's something that when I tell it, people judge me for. So mm-hmm. if I tell you who I am and where I came from, mm-hmm. you're gonna look at me differently from this moment on, and mm-hmm. you're never gonna look at me the same way, mm-hmm. and our relationship's gonna change. And I said, "Well, no, you have to tell me. Like, you can't." <laughs> <laughs> like, but I said, "I said, Judy, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, uh, I, I pride myself in... Being able to tell you that when we're done with this conversation, I'm going to take what you have to say and I'm not going to look at you differently because everyone has a past mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter what you got mm-hmm. going on in life. Everyone has things that they're doing or things that they've done that they don't agree with even here themselves. So I'm not going to judge you on that. I can't, I can't judge your past because I have some stupid stuff that I've done in my life. Yeah. I can't imagine judging you on what you've been through. Cause I'm assuming it's going to be that the typical she did drugs or she did, you know, some things with some men that she shouldn't have, and was had a you know had a rough childhood. The mm-hmm. same typical story I had. You know, I, I I had a good home life, but I made a dumb a lot of dumb decisions. Did you, you tell know? her any of them? I have in the past. Yeah, I told her, told her about <laughs> told her about my backstory of my life of being a drug. You know, doing drugs and drinking and partying and going to jail and all that stuff. Um, but I can't. I, I can't. Yeah. I can't think of anything outside of that. And when she told me her story, I I just knew that that story had to be told.
2: Yeah.
3: Cause it is yeah. by yeah. far the greatest redemption story I've ever heard in my life.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And when we were done, I looked at her and I I, I looked at her and I looked right in the face and said, You gotta tell the story. You have to tell I who did. you are to people because I think you're gonna be very, very, very surprised on how much <coughs> people aren't going to judge you because you're helping them. Mm. You can help people with this story, get through a lot. And with that, God can do amazing things through Mm. you. And she says, I'm just not ready. I I can't. My past experience doesn't allow me to believe that. I can't go out and tell my story because of all the experiences I've had.
2: Mm -hmm.
3: And I said, well, can I tell your story? And she says, well, yeah. And I said, I won't even use your name. So I was in the process of um, writing a Bible study that I'd started with my father. Mm
2: -hmm. And my father died.
3: And I was finishing the Bible study. And at the end of the Bible study, the question that was brought up um, was, if God's so good, then why do bad things happen to people? Mm -hmm. And when I was done going through the Scripture and talking about it and discussing it, I knew that I had to tell Judy's story. The beginning to the middle and then stop. And then what I did was I gave people a week to dwell on it. And when they came back at the end of the week, they had to answer the story or Mm -hmm. answer the question, why is God so good if bad things happen? Why does God allow bad things happen if he's so good? And then we went down the road of the rest of Judy's story. And Mm -hmm. why is God so good? Because through that story, the things that God did in Judy by far— are uncomprehensible to me.
2: Mm.
3: I cannot imagine how in the world mm. God can be so powerful and so good to allow that allow that to happen. And I still cannot comprehend the other end of it, how people can be who they are to other people. Mm. And so with that, I I, I don't want to tell the story. I've <laughs> told the story a bunch. I've probably told it to 90 to 100 people and just in classes and, and taught it and mm-hmm. spoke on it in, Shared it with others. I even got a mm. cool thing. I'm doing the podcast today. So at work, I got to share the story with my coworkers, which yeah. mm. would have not been something I would have done. Right. So I got to let you tell it because, A, that's why you're here. And <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting two years for you to, to tell it, and I've been waiting for you to be in the position you are yeah. today. So, mm. um,
4: But I do want to answer your question that you asked everybody means. else yeah. about if God, is so,
3: if God is so good, then why do so these good, things happen If God is so good, why do
4: bad things happen? And why do
3: these things happen to Judy Simpson? Man
4: yeah. has free will. God gives man free will. I'm not saying that I agree with what they did because they were wrong, but man, man has free will. They're, they make those choices. They have responsibilities to raise a child the way they should. They're supposed to, but not everybody does that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so, Judy, where do you want to start? So, like, when you sat down at the table with Nelson and you're like, okay, I'm going to tell you my story, where did you start?
4: Okay, I was born and raised in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I had three brothers and a mother who was a high priestess of a satanic coven, and she was married to Ed, my third stepdad. Um. It was a, not a very good upbringing. Um, with her being a high priestess of a satanic coven, I was considered what they call a coven child. So when they did rituals, satanic rituals, I would be the one that they did the rituals on. But before that ha- started happening, I want to give you a history Um, My first memory is when I was five that that I know of might be from Mm. others, but um, from what I remember when I was five, my oldest brother, Tim, took me and my second oldest brother, Louie, across the street to um, his friend's house and told his mom that we were getting whipped with a horse whip and which was really bad. And she ended up calling the police. And I remember going downtown, them taking pictures of all the bruises on my body. They did the same thing to the other, my other brothers. And um, I remember the, my brothers telling me, you can't tell them that Mom and Ed did this. You need to tell them that we did this. And I had already told them that Mom and Ed did this. And I, I normally don't call our mom. I consider her Annette because she wasn't a mom to me. So I will just say Annette that way. Yeah. Um, so we ended up being taken away for a year, put in the Fort Wayne Children's Home. And during that time, there was a woman that came and was going to adopt me. I was hoping for that because I didn't want to go back in that house. And um, she ended up not adopting me. Um, uh, and then uh, the caseworker that we had... Came a year later while we were still at the children's home and said that Annette and Ed had been through counseling in a year and they would never hurt us again. So they decided, the courts decided that we would go back home, which was a really bad thing because it was like hell on earth once we went back home. And my brothers told Annette and Ed that I was the one that got us put in the children's home. So it was worse on me than the others. So abuse after abuse, day after day, um, having to take cold showers when I did nothing wrong and not being allowed to to scream, um, put under the house with rats, naked. Um, I've been put in cages and urinated on. I've been raped, I've been sodomized. I've been beaten. Um, It was a really horrible life. So when I went to school, I couldn't be me at home because people would know something happened at home. So I had to be completely different at school. And my saying that is because I ended up Later on, being diagnosed with DID, which is Dissociative Identity Disorder. And so with everything that was going on, I ended up having different personalities and stuff to be able to live through what I was going through. And so in school, we weren't getting fed at ho- I wasn't getting fed at home three or four days at a time, so... When I was in 4th grade, I used I would steal lunches, steal kids' lunches that they brought to school. And the my teacher found out. And my teacher and my principal of that school paddled me because I stole lunches. They didn't ask why. I may not have told them, but they didn't ask why. Today they would tell. They would ask why. And all of that. So I learned to eat grass dandelions the yellow Mm -hmm. part of dandelions um paper dog food like snozzages i ate those a lot um and there were times that i was made to be a dog i would be naked in the house with a collar on and a dog leash and only allowed to eat dog food and water on my hands and knees (sighs) but um I ended up going all the way to high school and graduating from high school. But in 10th grade, one of, my, one of the people in my class went and told the guidance counselor that I stunk. And Annette wouldn't allow me to wear clothes, different clothes every day. So three or four days, I would have to wear the same clothes and stuff. And I didn't know how to take a bath and take care of myself. I just tried to live through the day, you know. So I went to the guidance counselor, and she said that people were saying that I stunk, and I didn't know that I was supposed to take a shower every day or put deodorant on, anything. She gave me a deodorant and called Annette, and I got home, and I got beat really bad and put under the house. And then I have to go back a little bit. There was a punishment house that I went to that um, had six rooms in it, um, one was there was I was put in a box with bugs and put, they were went all over me and with tape on my mouth, so I couldn't scream. I couldn't scream. I couldn't make a noise. There was another one that had electric shock where I went through electric shock if Annette wanted me to be punished that way. Another room was with a dog and a man that they would make the dog have sex with me. Um, another one was had a lot of paddles, belts, all of that. And another one was with rats in it where I would be chained to the wall on the floor and rats could just go all over me and with tape on my mouth and everything. And then the other one I think was, uh, I can't remember the sixth one, but outside. If I really needed to be punished, I had to dig my own grave dig my own grave, and they would put dirt on me all the way to my head and leave me there overnight where I couldn't get bugs off my head or even if it was cold outside. That's where I was at all night long. So I ended up doing—I I tried to um, tell people what happened was happening at home, like teachers, people that I ran into and stuff, and— they would do one of two things. They would go and tell Annette and I would be severely punished or they would end up abusing me themselves. So I learned not to say anything. So I actually graduated from high school. I'm the only one in the house that graduated, including Annette and Ed. They didn't graduate. So the abuse and all of that Kept going on, and I tried to get an apartment, and that wouldn't allow me to get an apartment without a key. So, I decided to get the apartment anyways with the key. The key was to allow anybody in the anybody to be able to come into my apartment and do whatever they could to me, and I couldn't do anything about it.
3: These That's, were these were all people part of your satanic coven,
0: right? Yes,
4: there was like 30 to 40 people.
0: You might want to explain what that is.
4: Okay, the coven um it was I'm not sure. I know it's in Yoder. There was a barn that we all they all met at where their rituals would take place. And um there was 30 to 40 people. They wore black robes with red markings on them. Um, they would pray to Satan There was an altar and two kind of like urns on each side of the the, that burned incense in them and stuff. And when they would pray to Satan, I could see things coming up through the ground. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but things like demons and stuff like that. I know that's like out there Mm -hmm. (laughs) where people would be like, (laughs) I don't think you could do that. But, mm. yes, I have been able to do that since I was at a young age. Mm-hmm.
0: I guess I'm wondering, too, because you talked about your home life. And now that you've explained it, what did you experience
4: at the barn? Um, being put on the altar and them, them... I remember being baptized in the name of Satan, which meant that I had to go in there with a black dress on, be put on the altar, the dress being taken off, and then cutting a goat's head and pouring the blood all over me. And then uh, the men in the coven would each take turns having sex with me. And the whole time, people are praying and chanting to Satan. But in 2018, I was baptized in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I renounced being baptized in the name of Satan, and I announced that I was baptized in the name of Jesus. Well, that's how'd you get out of it? Okay, in 2001, um, Annette came to my house. I had two cats. That I love dearly, and that came to my house and said that I needed to go to a ritual that evening. Um, and I told her that I wasn't gonna go. And she said that I had to, or this is what's gonna happen, and she ended up killing my two cats in front of me and said that if I didn't go, that this would happen to me as well. But a couple months earlier. Somebody that I was working with knew that something was going on with me because I wasn't the same person every day or whatever. And she said that I needed deliverance. So I looked that up on the Internet, and I found a minister in Texas. And so I started talking to him on the Internet. He gave me his phone number. I started calling him. He called me. And all that said that he was a deliverance minister and that he could help someone like me. And I didn't know what exactly that meant. So when Annette killed my cats that day, I was like, the safest place I knew was in Texas. So I quit my job, cleared out my bank account, put everything I could in my car, and then the transmission goes out of my car like somebody probably knew that I was going to fix and leave. So... I took everything that I could out of my car and got on a PT, PTC a Greyhound bus and went to Texas. And I emailed his name Shane. Um, I emailed Shane and told him that I was coming, I, that I would be in a go to a motel because I had my money from my bank account, and that I would meet up with him later. Well, he, him and his wife met with me at. The bus station, and he said, "You're coming home with us." And I thought everything was okay because I heard that God was a good God and everything. But um,
3: you had no you had no experience with God at this point. With, no, with I didn't. Jesus, I or didn't God even God, read the Bible. Kind of faith? No. no,
4: no, I didn't. And so when he started saying stuff to me, um, I believed it. Now I know that it. I mean, I've known. For a while but now i know that everything that you told me was a lie because he would say things like jesus was always waiting for me to make a mistake with standing there with a belt waiting for me to make a mistake and that um, jesus told him that in order for me to heal the stuff that happened to me i needed to tell shane what happened to me and he would reenact everything what yes mm-hmm. he said for for me to be healed He would have to reenact everything, so So I was.
3: You finally get escape, and you go right into another situation with
4: yes, like from one cult to another. Because I believed everything that he said, I thought that everything that he was saying was true. Well, when I ended up going to church with him because he made public appearances, he wasn't a pastor of a church; he just belonged to a church, and I met my friend Cindy, which is. I've known her since 2001 now. Um, And she was asking me, you know, about myself and all that, and who did I live with and all that, like getting to know each other. And I was telling her stuff, and I thought that everything that he was saying was true, that God was saying what, what he was saying that God was saying, or Jesus was saying what he was saying. And Cindy said... He's lying to you. He is a false prophet. I did not know any of that, and she had me open up her Bible and find the first first thing that I could read and read it out loud, and that was Psalm ninety one, yeah. a mm-hmm. prayer of protection, mm-hmm. and that that is like dear and very dear to my heart now because of everything that I've been through. And stuff. It took me eight or nine years, I can't eight eight or nine years to leave him. Cause I could get a job. I had to come home. I couldn't have any friends. I couldn't tell them ever anything about where I was living or who I was living with. It was really he had me isolated like Annette did.
1: This
4: is the pastor? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's the, that was the for deliverance the, minister. Whatever he said. yeah. yeah. minister. Yeah. And if you
0: looked him up online, there's satanic symbols or, that he mm-hmm. has on there. But she didn't know, yeah, obviously. Sure. Yeah. 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 All yeah. the places
3: that she's, she's describing still exist. So the children's mm-hmm. home still exists. The home that she grew up in just got remodeled in 2019. And not to give out the address, but yeah. it's still there. the all the places are there. The people are still there, minus the ones that have died. But this this is a part of the world. And the reason why I presented her story in the way that I did is because when you hear something like that, it's heartbreaking. And
4: or people think that doesn't really happen. It doesn't lying. happen,
3: or the, the world's not that cruel, mm-hmm. or you're just crazy. or whatever. I mean, I've, I've heard it all.
1: Right.
2: Yeah. Well, I, yeah.
1: I think the reality, too, is that there are so many people out there that are naive to this idea that, oh, there's no such thing as Satan comes mm-hmm. and there's no such thing as people who would do that. And I just, they choose to ignore evil,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. you know. It's,
3: it's so, easier to shut it out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to have you back up if you don't Yeah, lie. I was fixing to. You know where? No. Oh, I just figured that yeah. she might know you well <laughs> enough that she would. When not. I was 12? Um, Tina. Yeah. And what Tina did. 12. Yeah.
4: One of my personalities <laughs> names was Tina and she was 12. Well, for for a while, I thought these people were outside my body. They weren't in. But um, Tina was 12. I had six children, and Tina was the first one that had a baby. And they were all sacrificed to Satan right after my giving birth.
3: So the reason why, and again, you'd be able to describe this more Mm -hmm. better. So what's going on inside the story at the moment. And the reason we're explaining so much about it is because dissociated identity disorder means that the Judy that we're talking to now was not the person that went through it. And you'd be better to explain how the brain protects itself.
0: Sure. (coughs) Excuse me. Well, what happened to Judy, basically, the trauma started very, very early. In fact, I can tell you that she does have a memory in... For months old, mm-hmm. which is unusual for any human being, but she does, um, because she was dedicated. Her grandfather was the high priest of this coven, and they started these things at months old, mm-hmm. and what the brain did in order to protect her is it split. It would take emotions and memories and put it into what seemed like a different personality is what they called it, a different entity into her these were real people. Mm-hmm. She would disassociate. She could see herself on the ceiling while watching an altar As was taking the mm-hmm. abuse for her. Mm-hmm. It's a protective mm-hmm. mechanism that God built into the brain for her in, you know somebody going through at such a young age and the extreme abuse. Because we're not just talking about what she went through at home, but what she went mm. through, you know, at the barn, and then, you know, if it, if she was so-called bad, and she'd have to go to this punishment house and all of that. Um, another, you know, when I uh, things that she had was 33 altars, mm. and I met every one of them. Mm. 33
3: different personalities living mm-hmm. inside one person's mind. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yes. Yes. So, so I want her to finish, and yeah, then we can go on absolutely. to what? Absolutely. Kind that of work what? her and I did, you know. But I I do want to tell your audience, you know, when you think of, I just read the Old Testament, so you know the the where there are God's warning those Israelites not to get into paganism.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Paganism was real back then. Paganism was real in Judy's time. Paganism is real today. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe we don't call you know the, see this kind of thing, but it's that's, happening.
3: That's the biggest thing. So. Through telling this story, what I've come to find out is, A, people get very, very upset hearing something like this. To yes. the point of, I've had people pull me aside cuss me out because I don't, I, I, I don't know why you would tell me something like that. Why would you put that in my mind? Why would, you,
2: mm.
3: why would you let me in on something like that? I don't want to hear it. I don't want anything to do with it. Right. And my, my comeback to that is you're being mm. ignorant of what the world really is. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, because there's an end to the story, mm-hmm. that you're, you're not you're being impatient. What I want you to do is think on that and think on what this woman went through. And usually when they come back, the second thing that I get is, you know, I was so upset because, A, I had something that happened in my past that I'm not over, mm-hmm. or, be my wife or my, you know, my spouse, my husband, my wife has something going through like that. And I just don't like thinking about it because of the, the what it brings up in my household and already what I go through. And the other thing is I would get praise for telling a story like that and putting somebody in that mindset because they've had a very good life. Most... I'm, You can't say most people, but people are on one extreme or the other. They either have something that they can relate to with the story or this is a story that because they live this life where they don't have any of this pain and hurt, that it speaks to them and it it can be a tool to be used to put yourself in that mindset.
2: Mm -hmm. But
3: (laughs) then you two met, and the reason we kind of jump in is because of the the dissociation. Judy and Maria meet Mm
1: -hmm. through...
3: After, well, the Texas, before, after
0: the Texas thing. Yeah, yes. Tell, I guess, what where you're at basically is to tell the part of the story and how you did a 180. How Jesus oh. did your 180.
4: <laughs> Jesus did my 180 because he saved me in 2015. I said the salvation prayer and asked him into my heart. And some changed, but not everything, because I was still having difficulty in my head, if that makes any but how sense. How did
1: you get there? So here's this Texas guy that's keeping you
4: Okay. So how
1: did you get to the point where everything that you've been told so far is Satanist, lies, yeah things are good. Like how do you how do you break out of that and get to the truth of the gospel?
4: Well I when I was going to church and I met my friend Cindy, I ended up being becoming really good friends with her. Well we still are friends mm-hmm. today. But um, I had a good relationship with her, and she knew what I was going through, and she's a very strong Christian woman. Mm-hmm. And so whenever I was able to, like, I'd, I would lie and tell Shane that I wanted to go to a church activity, and where instead I went to her house, and we got to feed cows with bottles mm. and stuff, because she had cows, somebody had cows, and... They died, but the babies had just came. So she ended up having baby cows, and I got to help her bottle feed, feed cows, which is something else. But um, anyways, um, I started going to church with her, and, you know, she everything that she said and everything that I read in the Bible draw, drew me more and more closer to making that decision mm-hmm. in 2015. Yeah.
0: So, so, how did you leave Shane? Is also what he was asking. Okay,
4: I lied that morning. It was it was a Sunday, <laughs> and we were supposed to go to church. And I said I didn't feel good, and which was a lie because I did feel okay. I was, I had planned right. for months that I was going to leave. So, him and his wife went to church, and as soon as they left the driveway, I was packing my stuff. And everything. And a friend had told me that I come could come and stay with her for about a month, which is what I did. And I ended up at her doorstep and I stayed with her a month. I saved every dollar I could from work and got my own apartment and everything. I was terrified the first night. I was by myself mm-hmm. and nobody was nobody was with me or anything. But I just prayed and that's when I was ready to give my life to God.
1: Yeah, I mean, so Shane went to church.
4: Yes, he did. Yeah,
1: this is amazing, a, isn't it's it? It's amazing people to People like me. that go to church. Well, I mean, it's mm. just amazing to me that nobody in that church would know this man and be like, "No, what's wrong with this guy? No. Like, How is this even going on? How is this? So Not only he, that, but he is
3: on the internet claiming to be a pastor and drawing people into a deliverance ministry that...
4: I mean, he was, it was just, so bad. His,
3: it is just him. It wasn't even like he's not he's not a pastor associated with he has no congregation. His congregation is if he can get somebody to come in.
4: Mm. He, he was so bad that he would call out my younger personalities. I re- actually remember this and they would do something wrong that he thought was wrong. And he would whip me like he would whip a child and I would have bruises on my body from him.
1: Yeah, that's a, so it speaks to two things. One, either he's the best liar possible or nobody in that church knew anybody.
4: Probably both. You know what I mean? Like, how do you
1: go to a church mm-hmm. and somebody not know that there's a guy that has a deliverance ministry that's trapped a woman that is a complete Satanist and is lying on the Internet? Like, how did anybody not know the man? Either he's the best con artist ever or... We need to do a better job in church and getting to know people. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, that just kind of reminds me when I worked in an inpatient unit and God had told me, this one's possessed, this one's an angel of light, and this one is really ill. And I'm like, Lord, why do I need to know that? However, that angel of light person, I went, oh my goodness sakes, if I met this person out on a street, I would have loved them. I wouldn't have thought anything was wrong with this person at all I mean charismatic you know warm and charming mm-hmm. all of this fun and lo- even loving mm-hmm. and but she did you know in that unit she had, she had said something and I went oh. yeah. you know about her God and I went mm-hmm.
3: you don't know until you start asking people how they're doing and who yeah. they are and, what, and getting to know others
1: yeah. Well, and two. I just wonder. Like, I've always wondered. This is that. Don't you ever like when you're having a meeting with somebody or you're in a relationship with somebody and you're like, hmm, something in my spirit just ain't sitting.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, because that's what Scripture tells us. Like, Scripture yeah. tells us is we're open to the leading of the Spirit that He will reveal to that us. Seen, yeah. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? The things yeah. that that aren't right. And so whether Absolutely. that revealing is, hmm, that's what I'm saying. And again, I'm not just processing these people who would Being have been in, in the church with, with this guy. That, doing this, if you're yeah. asking the spirit to, to be present and around that in us, that there wouldn't be somebody to be like, something ain't right with that guy, mm-hmm. right? Like something is not right because I don't know. I just don't feel like. Well, not only that, but from, you could probably elaborate it. You
3: obviously could elaborate on it more, but from what I know through, studying all of uh, what Judy's been through and going through all of all the things that I've gone through with her and, and really digging into her story over the last two years is that Judy's in this church and she's crying every time she's in there because something's happening in her heart right. that she doesn't understand. And the only thing she knows is what this guy's feeding in her life and what a satanic coven has done to her. Right, mm-hmm. And she does, she just, something's not right and she's crying the whole time, but nobody's there to, for for how, for the duration of her going to church, she's going to church crying, and nobody is nobody's presenting an escape for her, right? Because a the man's being protective, and, and, and b they're just not bold enough to do so, right? right. Yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: a good lesson for the church. Yes. You are not Absolutely. there to mm. just listen to the preacher and get what you need. You're there for the people that are there. It's not about you. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. we had this discussion yeah. the other day when it's like somebody's like, hey, I, you know, I come to church to to get fed. And I said, well, what about everybody around you? Like, do you come for any of them? You know, because Mm -hmm. it can't just be that we come to church to get fed because you know that you could Mm -hmm. feed yourself. You are going to church. You know what I mean? Like you could go home and read your Bible and watch a pastor on the Internet and get fed if that's really what it's about. The only reason to gather is because of everybody that's there. Yeah, you're right, going like, to
3: show someone unconditional love that, they, yeah. and they've never had an example of unconditional yeah, love in their yeah, life. Right, that's yeah. where you go.
1: Yeah. yeah. But Sorry, Judy. We didn't mean okay. a <laughs> in to hijack story
3: there and get off okay. on a tangent. So, um, you're, you're going through this in in Texas. Um, I'd like you to continue, if you could, with how you made it back to, to Fort, Fort Wayne, Wayne. and okay. how you ended up um, meeting Maria. Okay. In that process.
4: Well. Um, I had ended up. I know this is probably like off the subject, but I had ended up becoming a CNA at an, at nursing homes. Um, while I was in Texas, I was a CNA for almost I think 17 years, almost 17 years. And I would go there, and I was more there for. Protecting the elderly because they were so defenseless. And I couldn't understand why. And I know I had asked Maria about why, why am I a CNA when I was never shown love, no, never shown mercy, never shown none of that. And, anyways, I had found out that when I moved to Texas, I would look up on the internet to see if Annette had died. I don't know why I did that. But I, I wanted to make mm-hmm. sure, you know. So in 2016, I looked up on the Internet and it said that she had was deceased in 2013. And I was at work as a CNA at the time, and I just started crying. Mm-hmm. And I cried for a week. And it wasn't because I missed her or loved her or any of that because I had no good feelings towards her because of how she did me. And it was because... She never said she was sorry. I thought she would say that on her deathbed, and she didn't.
3: You're still still longing mm, for your mother's love.
4: Yes, even though all of the rituals— I mean, I was sex trafficked from age 7 to 33, or 30, yes, 33. 33. And um, she never apologized. But I found out when I went to counseling with Maria that— she hated me because I was supposed to replace her as the high priestess, and she didn't want it. So, she didn't want me to have that. So, everything that I was put through was because she hated me for that. So,
0: and other reasons,
4: but yeah, and other reasons, mm-hmm. but um, so I started once I was saved and all of that. I thought. I'm strong enough to go back to Indiana. I can't handle the what the heat in the summer, hundred degree weather, and stuff. And I had a lot of Pretty health hot issues. In Texas. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> it's very hot in Texas. <laughs> so um, I decided to come back home after all those years of being gone. And Ed, Annette, my two older brothers were gone. My youngest brother just passed away. I think a year ago. was it? About two. Yeah. About two years. And so I have no family here. So so when I came back, um, I had been approved for getting disability because of all of the stuff going on health-wise. And I had a stroke in 2014. And so I was able to—I didn't have a place to live. I don't know what I was thinking coming back here with not having a plan. (laughs) So I ended up at a homeless shelter— And it had bed bugs and everything. And I decided to go to the, one day I decided to go to the house that I grew up in, you know, just to have closure, you know. So I went to the house that I grew up with in, and I couldn't handle it. I couldn't, the memories came flooding back and everything, and I just couldn't handle it. And so I attempted suicide the eighth time in my life. I thought about death a lot. So I ended up at Parkview Behavioral Health here in Fort Wayne, well, in Fort Wayne, or in Huntington. <laughs> <laughs> and they said that they didn't want me to um, go back to the homeless shelter because of the bedbugs and everything. And I said, well, where am I supposed to go? And they gave me an application to go to Hope Alive in Fort Wayne. And I filled it out. I was all nervous because I didn't think that it would, they would let me in because of my mental health history. And, but they approved me to go in there, and I was assigned to another counselor there, and I asked the executive director there if I could have Maria as a counselor because she was in groups and stuff, and I, she had something that I really wanted. I don't know what it was. Mm-hmm. It, was her joy or what? Because I still didn't have joy, even though I was saved in 2015. I still didn't have that joy, but I was carrying a lot of baggage. So, I started seeing Maria, and the fir- I think the first time I saw her, I was like, I want you know I was diagnosed with DID in Texas.
3: Dissociated Identity Disorder. Yeah. dissociative Identity split, Disorder. Which used to be called split personality. Right? Multiple, multiple personality. Multiple personality. Yes.
4: Yeah.
3: Yeah. It changed. And so,
4: it. I I just wanted to, like, freak her out the first time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> See if she could handle it. and
0: I don't know if you know what you're getting into, She was
4: like calm as a cucumber (laughs) and everything. And I think I've seen you for about, what, 10 months? Yeah, 10 10 to 12 months. But the, the, Mm -hmm. the crazy thing about it is, is when I would go through a memory with her, she would ask me, where's Jesus? Where's Jesus at in that memory? And I had to close my eyes and really look for him. And every time Mm -hmm. he was standing there, rubbing my head, crying, he was there with me through it all. Yeah.
0: What did he do for you? you remember some of the things that we talked about that you saw him do?
4: Like the electric shock. He actually took that for me. Mm -hmm. And... I know this is not something that I said earlier, but when I was, like, in my younger years, younger years, like seven, eight, nine, I would have to go out to the yard, and it had dogs, and she would make me bring in dog poop, and it couldn't be the dried up stuff. It had to be the most fresh, and I would take it in. She would get two pieces of bread and put that poop on the sandwich and make me eat it. Jesus ate that for me because I would have died. I would have died with the electric shock. I'm actually a miracle to be walking around. You are absolutely a
3: miracle, Judy. That is is not up for debate.
4: (laughs) And today? And today, I'm complete, whole. Jesus healed me. Jesus healed me.
3: That's what I'm talking about, man. Yes. I don't have no
4: more chatter in my head from the devil or the other people. I'm just one person now, mm. completely and utterly completely integrated in into one person. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And what else is he done?
0: You finished. You got a CNA. You got your your diploma. But what else now? Okay.
4: I'm are a, you? I'm secretary of a Victory Cross Ministries, mm-hmm. and I'm also a certified mental health coach, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> and I'm working on getting to be a mm-hmm. licensed coaching minister. Wow. It's awesome. I'm on the other Mm -hmm. side, the good side. Mm. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) man. Yes.
3: That's what I'm talking about. Like that, to me, I so for me, your story just, Mm -hmm. I I know I've told you it before, but your story to me is an example of how good God is, Mm -hmm. even when the patient suffering seems like it's never going to end. Yeah. The suffering you don't understand, you don't know, because— your your story is definitely mm-hmm. extreme, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but there's so many people that go through what you do, and the fact that that you understand that now, and that not only that, but God is using you to go do th- other things for other people through that. Not only your story, but her person. Yeah. She's a life coach. Mm-hmm. She's doing right. all that. I mean, yeah. I've just never heard of a, another tale <laughs> of someone's life that was that big of a turnaround I mean it, it almost right. seems un- unbelievable but it, it God it can do
4: anything yes he can yes yeah. and I he bro- continues to work in her I life. broke my foot last March I was told that I had to get my leg amputated yes I did
2: hmm.
4: Maria says we need to get a second opinion
2: <laughs>
4: so the doctor that I went to at Fort Wayne Ortho said well, you got a 50-50 chance of getting your ankle fused we can, we can save your leg. We can try. Mm-hmm. I'm walking on a leg that was was supposed to be amputated now. Mm-hmm. And the x-rays? And the x-rays, my bones are straight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Jesus heals, too, mm-hmm. yes. physically.
4: <laughs> and when I was going through all that, I cast after cast after cast, I had a lump on the back of my leg. And the nurse practitioner said, I think it's a blood clot. So she sent me for the Doppler test okay. that they checked and as soon as, when I was walking out the door, I said, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Mm. And I went to get the Doppler test done, and there was no blood clot. Mm. No. Wow. Nothing. And she said, I was for sure that was a blood clot. Mm.
3: Yeah. So at any point, did you think that your stress was just going to end because now you're healed? I mean, obviously it didn't. Like, <laughs> you keep having things come up, but just well, your perspective on life is is what's... It, after, after everything you go through, Judy, your perspective on, on, on life and having hope and faith and through it all. That, well, that's actually, what...
4: I know that Satan really hates me because he lost me, mm-hmm. but I have a God that's way more powerful. He's like a little tiny dot to me where God is everything, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's the one makes my decisions for me <laughs> i get his approval before i do anything yeah one thing
0: i think we should note is somebody with disassociated identity disorder can go through counseling for years yes mm-hmm. got healed in one yeah Got, it brought her and I got to be a witness mm-hmm. you know and that's been such a joy and the fact that I kept telling her she was a miracle and, yeah. every, every, every and she every, can tell you about those sessions she really yes. hated me at that time she sure, wanted I me mean, to look okay. in a mirror and
4: say I'm a miracle look at myself and say I'm a miracle and I'm like yeah. I'm a miracle yeah. <laughs> and today? Yes I am a miracle. You are a miracle. I do agree I'm yeah. a miracle. Jesus did mm. a big healing, big miracle yes. in her life. Yes, so yeah. so once I got healed in my mind, body, spirit, everything. I, God put it on my heart to go to churches and tell my story. Not a, not everybody is like me that had stuff like what I did happen. But there are hurting and broken people in churches. And if I share my story, I can make sure that they know that Je- if Jesus can heal me, he can heal anybody. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah.
1: Well, I think that, you know, because we're getting close to the end, so I want to yeah. just bring a couple things to light. So everybody's story, regardless if it's the same or different, has things that every one of us can take away. Absolutely. You know, And so when you look at your story, one of the things that all of our listeners and the people that are watching should realize that I don't think we give enough credit to, the world is evil. Yes, it is. And there is evil in the world. The degree mm-hmm. of evil... It's different. The degree of evil that happened to you is obviously, to a lot of people, the most extreme that you could ever think about. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is that that's what he wants to do to everyone, right? Yeah. The reality is, is that when you read inside of Scripture and it mm-hmm. says Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy, yeah.
4: he tried. <laughs> the
1: reality of your story is that's what he wants to to take mm-hmm. to. So this is real. Like, we have to remember Mm -hmm. that you can try to ignore evil, but evil is real, Mm -hmm. right? Right. That that we need to remember Mm -hmm. that we need to be on guard, right? Mm -hmm. So for for people that are out there in the world, is that we need to be on guard. And bringing in the principle that you just brought in is one that is also not recognized. That in all that you went to, in a Satan coven, put in punishment houses, People from the Satanistic, cultish environment having the Mm -hmm. effect. But here's the reality. All that they could do to you is not anything compared to what God can do for people, right? So even as significant as evil is, Mm -hmm. it is never as big as God. Mm -hmm. For those who are for us, right, you know, it's so (laughs) much more than those who are against us, right? Right. And that's the reality that you just said. I mean, for somebody Mm -hmm. who experienced Satan at at a high level that now could look back and say, I see a reality. Psalms 91 is the reality, mm-hmm. right? That sure is. God is the God of the universe, and Satan is on a leash, and Satan yeah. is, you know. So that's, a, that's mm-hmm. a reality that we need to bring back together. Mm-hmm. And the other part of it is, is that we need to learn as Christian people, because this is a huge lesson. If you're going to churches and you're ignoring the people around you, it is a Disservice to what <laughs> God wants in the lives of people. Like your story is a perfect example of everything that mm. goes wrong in the church, right? The idea that somebody can come in and out, and we're so focused on what we can get and what we need, but that we miss the hurting soul that's sitting right beside you. Yeah. Right. right. Judy's
3: been in this congregation on a Sunday
1: morning. Right. That's what I I'm used saying. to go to church here. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that mm-hmm. the point is, you can walk by, you know, and if you're not open, because I just think this is how God works. If you come to church on a Sunday morning saying, God, show me a divine appointment, mm. he's going to show you a divine appointment.
0: Amen. <laughs> if, you,
1: <laughs> if you come here yep. because it's all about you, you are going to miss mm-hmm. the everything. things that Jesus wants to do. You've missed the whole point, right, yeah. of, mm-hmm. of, of everything that's, mm-hmm. that's going on. And the part of your story is, is that we need to remember is, is that your redemption Right, the healing of your soul, right, mm -hmm. is is what God does Mm -hmm. for all of us, and yeah, at Mm -hmm. every level, God is a miraculous God. So, whether it's from the place where you were at, or Mm -hmm. whether for the listeners or the people that are watching that are feeling like I can't get like this, just can't be healed. There are people that are listening today that are broken, yes, and -hmm. do not feel like they can be healed, like, there's a part of Mm -hmm. them that. It's just always gonna be broken. It's always gonna be hurt. It's always gonna be mm-hmm. shattered. I'll never be a whole person. I'll never be a the, You associated in some form. Right. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah. Like the, 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 the What you're talking mm-hmm. about is, is they've taken that part of their life and they put it over here and say, God can never heal this. And mm-hmm. I'm just gonna try to get through. And so this testimony today to everybody that's watching or listening is just this reality. Yeah. God can heal it all. God can heal mm-hmm. it. Heal it. Sure can. Heal it all. I'm a living Mm -hmm. example. Right. (laughs) Oh Yes. And Mm. the last part, and this is the part that I think we all need to bring together, is you're healed for a purpose, right? Mm -hmm. And you have taken that purpose of healing, you've taken Mm -hmm. that purpose of redemption, and you're using it to help redeem other people. Yes. Like that, the the fullness of that story is what we should take away, you know, from all of that, is is that Mm -hmm. whatever, because we're all healed from Mm -hmm. something, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. that's for... For a reason, right? We're all healed for a reason. We're all yeah. redeemed for a reason and that we need to, like for you, you figured that out. and mm-hmm. God's seeing that for you and you're giving back <laughs> to people that, you know, need those things. So, like mm-hmm. I, I, again, the essence of this story, you know, is, yeah. yeah, it's something that every everybody needs to hear because the elements of all of that, although yours is, again, from an extreme version, but this is mm-hmm. everybody's life story. Right? Yeah. and we need to figure out how to understand, how to ex- mm-hmm. not to experience, but to know, because the, the picture. And I hope I hope everybody, because I'm a everybody that's watching or listening, you should share this and you should get this visual, the idea that God is with you even in the midst of your pain.
2: Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Like even that, in your darkest, darkest places of your life,
1: even mm-hmm. though you don't see mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. He's there. He's mm-hmm. taking on those burdens yes. for you. Yeah, I mean that's what he says. Give me your yoke. Let me take your stuff. I mm-hmm. got it. Mm-hmm. I'll eat the poop sandwich. I yeah. got it, brother. Mm-hmm. I got it. <laughs> yeah. And I will rub your head. Yeah. I, will, I will hold you. I will you tell you and be, be okay. with you. Yeah. 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 All right. So any <laughs> parting? I mean, again, that, that's a lot. But like any parting words for any of our listeners or people that are watching, any. Encouragement, and he, I want to say how proud, yeah.
4: It's okay.
0: <laughs> That's why I sat between them. <laughs> I got them. Yeah. I love you, honey.
4: Take your time. It's
3: okay. I'm proud of you. The fact that you you did it, it's two years. Two years of holding to the possibility of what you could do with this and finally going through with it i i couldn't be mm-hmm. more proud of you yeah mm-hmm. thank mm-hmm. you for being in my life
4: thank mm-hmm. you for being in my life <laughs> i mean i didn't know this was gonna happen
1: yeah, yeah. cool how god mm-hmm. works isn't it? Mm-hmm. Well,
4: you know when we were in therapy
0: um and i did Tell her she's a miracle because that's what I was seeing. And God was telling me, Mm -hmm. she's going to go out and tell her story. Mm -hmm. You know, she's going to do this. And I tell her and she's like, I don't even think so. You know, Mm -hmm. she'd want to walk out of the room, which is Mm -hmm. completely. But here she is. And um, how God put us back together because there is those those guidelines that I I had to follow and we had to part for a little while. And then um, what happened was she was out on her own. She had left, graduated from Hope Alive and got her own apartment and was doing well. And then she had some health problems. And since she didn't have any family, Um, she -hmm. called me. And I said, let's pray about it and see what God has for us. Mm -hmm. And so God said, you go get her. And Mm -hmm. I went and got her. And now, you know, we have this whole new dynamic of a relationship, and mm-hmm. and I just watch yeah. her shine, Jesus, yeah. you know, all over mm-hmm. and where she goes, and how, you know, God's still working in her life. She came to me with. And I'm not kidding you, a pharmacy. Walmart bag full of prescriptions. With a pharmacy of of prescriptions. Mm. And so not only have I seen God heal her emotionally and in her soul and in her spirit, he is healing her physically. She is down to just a few. I think seven. Different types of medications. And Mm. they continue to, the doctors confirm You don't need this one anymore. We don't see why you're on this one Mm -hmm. anymore. You Um, know, we've watched your leg get healed. Satan mm -hmm. decided that he was going to mess with our eyes. We started praying right away. Prayer works, people. Mm -hmm. Jesus works, Mm -hmm. yes. You know, if you need help or whatever, that would be my recommendation. Mm -hmm. You know, get the help that you need (laughs) but from a human. But it is all God. It was all God. Mm -hmm. You know. And I got a privilege. Mm. This was a privilege for me, because she forgot mm. to tell you that I was an intern. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was just I an did. intern. Yeah. I was just an intern. She wasn't yeah, licensed yeah. yet. I wasn't even licensed yet. And my supervisor says to me, because after she had told me that she was diagnosed with the dead, um, he said, "How are you going to handle it?" And I told him, I said, "Well, if somebody comes out," because I didn't know at the time. Mm. But, I'm gonna shake their hand, introduce myself, and say, hello, so-and-so, and and then meeting all 33 of them. And we started to realize where the memories went Mm -hmm. together. And Judy was able to listen to what they call an altar talking. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And she realized it was her. It was Mm -hmm. her emotion. It was her memories, too. Mm -hmm. And then God just started to do this. Mm -hmm. And when that started happening, we were like, oh, we were praying and praising God and, and having a blast. Yeah. Your, yeah.
3: Your, your story works, Judy. It really That's, does. I can attest works. to I can attest to what God's done in your life and how it helps people. I've, I've, I've told your story, and mm-hmm. it, it, it helps. It really does. I just can encourage you to—I'm mm-hmm. proud of you for where you're at, and I can encourage you to keep going and keep doing. And keep telling people your story. Keep going on podcasts. Do what you got to do. I mm-hmm. I just want to help you do it, whatever way I can do it, whether that's this or something else, book, movie, whatever we got going <laughs> on. <right? laughs> <things>. I'll, be <laughs> I'll yeah. do it all. I, I'm, yeah. I'm rather right with you. I, I cause, yeah. because because I, I just just mm-hmm. to give you further encouragement, I've seen it help people get through things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, personally, yeah. I've witnessed it. It yeah. it, it works. Yeah.
0: And I think what's amazing, too, is, you know, she shares she was supposed to wear a black robe and I watched mm. her get baptized here in mm. Fort Wayne. And, you know, when she went in the water and got up and she said, I wear a white robe of righteousness. You know, she was. I was so it was
1: wonderful. Mm. Yeah. So,
0: Jim, well, any thoughts? Oh, gosh, I have a bunch of questions, but no, <laughs> yeah. no,
4: I just. yeah, just, You're a strong woman. Yeah. yeah stronger than I thought.
1: Yeah. Well, I just yeah. want to say I'm. Thankful for your courage, because Mm -hmm. the biggest thing that we keep saying on this podcast is, you know, the courage to tell your story. We already know this. Like, this is what we know. We know it because God's, we've seen it, and we know it because it's what he promises. When we share our story Mm -hmm. of redemption, lives are changed. And so Mm
2: -hmm.
1: the courage of you sharing your story, we already know. Lives are going to be changed. People are going to be in heaven you know, because you have the courage to be able to share those stories. These Mm -hmm. are the things he promises. And so for people that are willing to come on and share what has happened, because that's just the reality. Part of seeing the beauty of redemption is to see the darkness of evil, Mm -hmm. right? And so through this story, we're going to see people saved. We're going to see people come out of darkness. We're going to see people truly delivered not from the crazy man but, right you know like true like from jesus yes. delivering people actual you know. deliverance. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna see those things so i just thank you for sharing mm-hmm. thank you for your courage thank you for your testimony and i'm going to continue to pray that this story and your life are a continual witness mm-hmm. to be able to see life's mm-hmm. change so yeah. so if you're when this mm-hmm. comes out make sure that you like share comment uh, we'd love for you to be able to get it out on other feeds that way other people mm-hmm. can see it um, yes. and be able to share that story with everybody. And again, uh, if you're out there and you're struggling, you're hurting, you're in a you're in a dark place. You need somebody. Yeah, let us know. I mean, yeah. they'd they'd call go. Judy. Yeah. 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 So, thanks yeah. everybody for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.
4: Bye. Bye. Bye.